wow, wow, what a day, what a year, amen? Well, as we kick off this beautiful January, what is it, the 8th? Let's get ready, get our notebooks out. I said something Wednesday night as we continue our class on freedom, and that's put your phone away. Don't be distracted. Don't let the devil steal the word. You know, he comes immediately to steal the word. And so put that away. Take out a notebook. My, my, my boys, they try to say, Dad, I'm taking, I need, I, I said, we're doing Bible study. They say, no, I need my phone to take notes. And I said, yeah, that distracts you. There's pop-ups, all kind of stuff. But uh, focus in. I believe God has something great for our whole body this year. And uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday nights. We're going to delve now into the mind renewal side as we lay a quick foundation. And then today, we're excited. Everyone shout, kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom 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 father thank you for the help of the holy ghost to communicate a message that will bring transformation mind renewal life and health to all our flesh we expect lord and we exercise our faith right now everyone say it out loud for great revelation in jesus name amen you know, General Bob and I were both praying out this year for light, light, light. That means revelation. So when you exercise your faith for that, that means if you're believing right now, you're going to receive something. That means almost, have you ever been in a class or school where you heard something and a light turned on? Well, that's what that does. It's like, I never saw it that way. How many are getting some of that today? Come on, how many are getting some of that? If you don't expect it, you don't get it. But I'm believing for great revelation. So will you hook up with my faith that you're going to see things like you never have before? Genesis 1.26, I call it, some people call it our, uh, I call it the original commission. Some people call it our original mandate or the dominion mandate. But let's look at it today. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have someone say dominion how many think dominion is a good word to, to the elf is that a neat word francisco it's a really good word amen say dominion dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so you have dominion over creeps can i have an amen 28 says, and God blessed them, and he said unto them, be fruitful. Here's your other commission. Be fruitful. Right, Shane? Be fruitful and multiply. Right? Right? Where's Josh Janoff? Are you in here? Is Josh in here? Where's he at? Back there? You're on number five? Come on, give a shout. I think they're going for like 20. I'm just kidding, but wow. Hey, after four, it's all good, right? God bless him. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over everything that moves upon the earth. The, the, the interesting thought to me as I pull this out today is that that word, rada, is the original word for dominion rada here's what it means to rule to reign to prevail against interesting right in the hebrew 
But then when we get into the New Testament and the Bible tells us, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. This kingdom word is basilia, and it means also to rule and to reign, to have authority, a king's dominion reigning in our hearts. So here we have this interesting situation where Adam at the fall lost his position. He lost ground. He lost authority. He lost dominion, and he died spiritually. Agreed? He died spiritually, lost dominion, authority. He got kicked out of the garden. He had to go get some other land because he was put out. Now every human is born into that same position where Adam was. Lost dominion, lost victory, lost that overcoming dominance, and cut off spiritually and born into death according to the word of God. So now we see the prophetic word coming all through these years. Prophetic word through all the way from Isaiah to Jeremiah. And these prophetic words are spoken that they might come into place. Even in Isaiah where it says there will be a root out of dry ground. In other words, there's going to be hundreds of years with no power, no victory. Unless a prophet speaks a word and people get a victory through a prophet when the Holy Spirit moves upon somebody to speak, to decree the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make a highway for our God. So after this loss, after this great fall, God has a plan before the foundations of the world. The enemy wants to crush the plan of God, but how many know the Bible says the seed of woman will crush his head? And that's what he did, amen? So out of this lineage is prophesied a Savior. Why? The motivation, because God loves you. God wants you to get your dominion back, your victory back, your joy back, your healing back. Everything that was in the garden, how many know it was perfection? It was incredible dominion. The earth was the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and he delegated to his prized possession. And, and let's just get this revelation right now. If you're a human being, say it out loud, I'm his prized possession. So Isaiah 9, 6 prophesies, which we just celebrated at Christmas, for unto us a child is born, and the son is given, and the government, listen, the government. Notice he didn't say the church. The government, God's government, will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting God. He says, and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness for the latter time forth, even forevermore, for the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So now we look at Matthew 6 where we pray. And when we pray this, we pray, Jesus said, here's how I want you to pray. Here's an effective prayer. Here's how you're supposed to be praying. And he says, your kingdom come. That's that same word. That your rule, your domain, your dominion, the king's rule. I want to come back to earth and I want to get something back to my man, my woman. I want them to be powerful. I want you to pray like this. My kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. There's your provision right there. Forgive us our debts. He knew what we would deal with. He knew what we would be anxious about. I'll take care of your daily bread. I'll take care of your food. I'll take care of your car. I'll take care of your gas. 
I'll take care of your mortgage. I'll take care of all your needs. I'll supply all your needs. Don't worry about that. How do you know that? Because at the end of Matthew 6, he says, don't be anxious about this stuff. That's what the heathen are concerned about. But then he goes on to say, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who remitted or let go the debts. We talked about that the first week of the new year. Resentment against our debtors. But, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Look at this. Say it out loud. For yours is the, the, and the forever. Amen. You know, a lot of times in the Catholic Church, the priests wouldn't, the, the people wouldn't say that. Only the priests would. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I started thinking about it. What's God trying to get back? Because whatever he does in Jesus, that's where he wants you to get to. So Jesus says, pray like this, for mine or thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. What is the kingdom? I'm trying to get the king's domain back in you. I'm trying to get everything I purchased back to you. I'm trying to get you back to your original position of dominion. I'm trying to get you back to your original position of power. I'm trying to get you back to the glory. What was that? That was what Adam was clothed in, the glory of God. God's trying to get these things back in our lives. He wants us to dominate. He wants us to rule and reign in life. And so then we look at it, and he tells us how to do it. We jump down to 33, and he says, but you, after he talks about don't worry about all this stuff, but seek, aim, strive after, first of all, his what? His what? Did they not pull up the scripture? You guys should know this by now. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the and his, and all these shall be added unto you. Make it your aim. Make it your goal. Make it what you seek. Seek first the kingdom. God told me as a freshman in college, I was sitting there getting ready to go on a missions trip. I said, I don't know if I want to go. This summer, I'd rather do this. And he said, you be about my business. I'll be about your business. How many know when you're about God's business, everything else lines up? When you're about your eternal focus, everything else lines up. So I, I looked at this and I go, doing what is right according to the kingdom. So what is right? What is the message? Matthew 24, 14 says the gospel of the kingdom. This is the message of Jesus. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness to all the nations. Well, pastor, aren't you concerned about the economy? Nope. Aren't you concerned about what's going on in Russia? Nope. Aren't you concerned about the Middle East? Nope. What about Israel? Nope. What about what's going on in the stock market? Nope. What about American politics? Nope. Why? Because until this happens, the end's not coming. And I go, well, wait a minute. This is going to be the sign when the gospel, the kingdom, not, not your pet doctrine, not your favorite thing, when the kingdom message is preached in all the earth, says, then the end shall come. So if we don't think like that, what's God asking us to do? Here's the words he uses in Matthew 10. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17. For the time on Jesus began to proclaim the message with these words, keep turning away from your sins and come back to God. For heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. Okay, so here's the word, ready? Here's what we're talking about today. Everyone say repent. repent. 
Now, you, you might think that's a bad word, but it's a really good word. Because repentance, the word metanoia, it means to change your direction, to change your thought, to go away from the way you used to think and start thinking a different way. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How many want the perfect will of God? You can't do it without renewing your mind. You can't do it without repenting. You can't do it without changing. You have to change. Today, we have to change. I have to change my thinking. 2023, year of victory, year of light, year of revelation. We all have to change today. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How do you think? What's your mind connected to your heart think? So I went to the first one. Just write this in your notes. How have we been having stinking thinking? And the Lord said, the kingdom mindset transforms everything when we think like kingdom, when we think like God thinks. I'm kind of infatuated with stuff like this because when I go to Spain, I tell guys down in southern Spain or northern Spain or middle of Spain, take me to a castle. Take me to a castle. I go to London and say, Take me to the castle, Leeds Castle, Oxford Castle. Take me to this castle. I want to go to Nottingham Castle. I want to go up to Scotland, Edinburgh Castle. I want to go to everywhere I go. I find a ca- I preach, but I find a castle. And then I go to Prague. Have you ever been to the Prague Castle? It's gorgeous. It's incredible. There's like castles all over Czech Republic. Then you go into the communist bloc countries like Slovakia. There's castles. It's like, stop, Danny, stop. I want to go see that. That's awesome. And I'm thinking standing there with my wife I said we're gonna stand here we're gonna we're gonna stand next to those horses and watch the changing of the guards there's something about this royalty there's something about Buckingham Palace when I was standing by the gate and I was like from here to the keyboard player to um, Princess Diana I'm like screaming and yelling let's go I'm like come on the princess and I'm like there's something about Trafalgar Square. There's something about Abbey Road. There's something about in London when you get this, you go to Harrods and you go, it's just royal. It's a made for royalty, a made for kingdom. And we have democracy mindset. We have kingdom mindset. So my wife's watching this thing about Harry and Meghan, whatever. Is anybody watching that stuff, by the way? Just a few of you. Well, anyway, I had to watch it because she was watching it. My chair is here. Hers here. I'm studying. What's this all about? So the kingdom is an interesting concept because it's a commonwealth. It's, it's, a, it's a commonwealth in the normal kingdom. And in the kingdom, the commonwealth means everybody was wealthy. It means that, and I, I realized they kicked out Harry because he said this stuff and Megan, so they're in LA, they're living up somewhere in California. They're, they're banned from the kingdom. What a bad life. They're gonna have to live on like $8 million a year. You're not even getting little pocket change. And I'm like, the queen died, Elizabeth. If you Google it, she left 500 million to him. The family monarchy had 28 billion in, in, in their housing and in all their castles and all their getaways. And it's like crazy. I'm like, and 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 King King uh, King now, King Charles, he's just sitting there like this. I know my 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 mom died. It's such a sad thing. I'm gonna be a multi-trillionaire and half everything belongs to me now. And it's like those kids, they don't, they don't, they think differently. Think about that. They think differently. They're in a kingdom. 
Everything's taken care of. You don't worry about a horse, you have the best. You don't worry about a car, you have the best. You don't worry about a doctor, a, a bone doctor, a, a, a chiropractor. You have the best of the best of the best in the kingdom. How many know we're in a kingdom? Come on, how many know we have the best of the best of the best of the best? And if we don't transform the way we think to think like that scripture I read to you in 1 Peter 2, 9, you are kings and priests unto God. The devil wants you to think you're a loser. You have no power, no anointing, no breakthrough. And when God says, you're going to rule and reign as kings. So honestly, can you bear with me with a little bit of history? Is that all right? You know, so I'd study these different things. And I love to go to Wittenberg. I love to go to see where Martin Luther said, the just shall live by faith. And, if, and, and I made this statement, and please forgive me if you're watching online or you're here and you're in this position. But I got doctrinal theology of the Bible and history to prove it. We're all recovering Catholics. We really are. Because if you understand the Catholic Church and you understand how wicked it was in that time, and I'm not sure how it is today, I won't judge that. But I know back then the state kind of worked with the church to control the people, kept the word of God out of their hands, and told them do penance, pay indulgences for your sins. The, the, the Roman Catholic Church was scoring and, and still probably one of the most wealthy entities on the earth through false doctrine. You pay for your sins. You pay for your sins. And a guy sprouts up who's a Catholic. He's a Catholic priest named Martin Luther and says, I was just reading the other day in Romans 1, and I found out that righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, and the just shall live by faith. I'm not getting another relic. I'm not buying another cross. I'm not doing another penance. I'm not paying any money of an indulgence. I'm going to start to live by faith. He challenged the Roman Catholic Church, which was the most powerful entity in the world, connected to the kingship. And they were soaking people and so guess what happens we think well those poor catholics those no 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 then he was a roman catholic priest who died a roman catholic priest but he stood at that door and said the just shall live by faith and when he did it shook the world and all of a sudden we hear about the pro he came against the church the protestant he was the protestant he was the first Protestant to protest against the Catholic Church in their way and said, God said, this is the truth. And guess what happened? Some of the dark ages were over and light began to come. Revelation began to come. The word was put in people's hands. Wittenberg began to, be, begin to the Gutenberg press began to be printed. The word, come on, take the word. Come on, someone say the word. We got the word. Why aren't we reading? We got the power. We got the glory of God. Get it in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But you say, what, what, how fickle is this? That religion versus relationship is so chaotic. Because if you read about it, you find out. Henry VIII comes on the scene. He's married to his wife. He can't have a baby. And he's operating under the Roman Catholic diocese. And they say, you can't get a divorce under this law. So he says, I know what we'll do. I think his name was Thomas Kramer. We'll get our own bishop. The Bishop of Canterbury. 
We'll disconnect from the Roman Catholic Church. We'll have our own bishop, and he'll change the laws that I can get married again so I can have an heir, so I can produce an heir. So he divorced her because the Bishop of Canterbury made it legal to get a divorce, and he married, I think, five other wives, so that's six. But they just changed the law. They changed the rule. And so now he could have children, and they call him the Anglican Church or the Anglo-Saxon or the Anglican Church, which now is the American Episcopal Church, which there's 86 million people are part of that. Young Anglo-Saxon Church. So I'm going, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we got all this religion, all this idea of man, and the tradition of man makes the word of God of no effect. And then we find out that religion is a form of godliness with no power. So God's trying to get his word back in people's hands, and now he's trying to get the Holy Ghost back in you because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he's trying to say, the just shall live by faith. He's trying to tell you that because of the, what, Romans 5, I believe it is, verse 17, he says, in Adam all died, but in Christ all can live. And because of the, ready? Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. Because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, here he goes, you'll reign as kings in life. Isn't that what it says? Wait, wait, you got to get this in your heart. Because of the abundance of grace, what's religion? Religion is, I made it. I did it. It's my work, my idea. And these guys walk up with these collars and they do this wave dust around and they, and I'm not making fun but most of the world whether Methodists, John Wesley Presbyterians, Episcopal Baptists, it all comes out of recovering Catholics that's where it was all in Europe it came to the United States and guess why they formed the United States? To break away from that to break away from the king and the church working together to dominate the people and that's why Jesus said when I come I'm going to bring my government the world has messed up governments and messed up kingdom, but I have a perfect kingdom. And when I bring back my government, I'm going to put you in the kingdom. And there's going to be no end to my kingdom, and you're going to rule and reign in my kingdom with me. Come on, how many believe you were born to rule and reign? Why? Because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you'll reign in life. We can't get into this kingdom series without having a foundation of knowing we got to get back what the devil stole. And how many know Jesus said, I have come that you might have and life more. Satan comes to kill, still and destroy. They knew back in the dark ages, keep the word of God out of people's hands. You'll keep them oppressed. You'll keep them low class. You'll dominate over them. But I want you to have dominion. That's your original mandate. I want you to have dominion. Say, I'm made for dominion. And then you say in the back of your mind, Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent. I don't know what I'm going to do about my junky car. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't afford the right doctor. And God said, I made you for dominion. And everything you need is in the kingdom because he has the power. He has the glory. He is the kingdom. And his kingdom's in you. Jesus is in you, and that's why the Bible says this mystery that's been hidden for ages, which is now revealed, Christ in you. So what's in you? The kingdom, 
What's in you? The power. What's in you? The glory. If Christ is in you, I submit to you, you're a powerhouse of resurrection power. Do you believe it today? Now let's bounce on to this next revelation. See, religion first relationship is you're not saved by your doing. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10. By grace, you are saved. Not of yourself. It's a gift. By grace, through faith. By grace, through faith. Not of your own works. See, there's a mindset that's out of the kingdom that's called religion. It's all about works. It's all about what you do, how good you are. You meet up. You perform. You do better. God will bless you if you do better. You work harder. And Satan's got religious people on this treadmill of religion when God says, it's all about receiving my grace. It's all about letting me make you righteous because I enjoy making you righteous. I enjoy giving you this gift of grace that has nothing to do with your own ability to make yourself right. But the wickedest person, the most sinful person, God prides in taking them out of darkness and transferring them into the kingdom of his dear son. Heroin addicts, dope addicts, drug dealers, prostitutes, up and out people, down and out, every tribe, kindred, tongue, every one of us. God says, I delight in showing people mercy. I so love the world that I gave my only son. Whoever believes in him doesn't perish. It's belief alone. That's what Martin Luther found out, by faith alone. Not by works, not by indulgence, not paying for your own sins, but by faith in the grace of God. Which gets me to the second point. Think like kingdom, right? Think like kingdom. You were made to rule and reign. You're made to dominate. Now, you're not made to dominate over people. You're made to dominate over circumstances. You're made to have authority over the fish. We were on the Sea of Galilee, and I looked at that boat. I said, Jesus, me and Bob were standing there. I said, Jesus, he, he took dominion right here over the waves and over the wind. He, he took dominion. You say, who discovered the first nuclear power? Splitting atoms back to back. Jesus, how did he do that? Well, he took a little boy's lunch, and he said, Father, bless it. And he broke it, and they put it in the basket, and it multiplied. It multiplied. He had the power to multiply. He had the power to command fish to get in the net. This is what he's teaching us. Take dominion over the storm. Take dominion over the situation. Take dominion over authority over the wicked boss that doesn't want you to increase, but God will make sure you increase. Take dominion over the situation. Take dominion over the school board. Take dominion over this. Take dominion over politics. You have kingdom authority and rule by God to bring heaven to earth. How many believe it? So, okay, Pastor, well, 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 the second point, how come, how come we're not walking in that kingdom mindset? Someone shout, repent. I've just been thinking God wants me to endure this. He wants me to be sick. He wants me to be broke. He wants us to be depressed. He, he wants us to fight in our marriage so that we can work out our salvation. How many know that's not God? He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have unity. He wants you to have peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I look at this and I go, okay. So secondly, ready? Kingdom mindset number two, concept that has to change from servants and subjects to sons and joint heirs. 
I want you to think about this. This is the way Christians have seen themselves, is defeated, trying to get the victory, trying to get ahead, trying to get healed, trying, trying, trying. Stop trying. Everything you need is in the kingdom, and the kingdom is in you. So that means heaven's already in you. I've watched people die trying to get healing when healing was in them. I watch people lose their marriage when inside of them is enough wisdom and revelation of the love of God to work it out. Grace. I've watched people be depressed and watch their life dry up, can't get out of bed, stuck, have insomnia, can't sleep, can't need pills to wake up, pills to go to sleep. Is that dominion? That's not the son of a king. That's not the son of our king. So the whole New Testament is about getting you a revelation of not religion, that God has a relationship because he's a father. How do you know? Because he said in Romans, I want you to know me as Abba, Daddy. Abba means in Hebrew, Daddy. I want you to know me as your father. I want you to come boldly to my throne. It's all royal terms. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Subjects can't come in there, but sons can Subjects can't depend upon the father's increase. Sons can. Subjects can't walk into the kitchen and eat whatever they want. Sons can. Servants can't put a demand on the father to help them with their car payment. Sons can. Servants can't put a demand on the father to be healed. But since the son already provided healing, you can make a demand on the father because there's healing in the kingdom. You say, whoa, be careful. No, 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 no. We have rules in the United States. It's a democracy. You get in trouble today and they take you to jail, you have the right to an attorney, right? That's a right. You don't go, oh, it's just the way it is. Some Christians are like that. He said, the kingdom of heaven, it's suffering violence, but the violent take it by force. If you're accused unlawfully, you say, wait a minute, I'm not going to jail for something I didn't do. You put a demand on the system. You know what? You're not demanding God to do anything. He already provided healing. It's already an account. You put a demand that that's already my right to walk in health. Come on, get your dominion back. It's my demand that God supplies all my needs because he never lied once. Say something. Be careful, Pastor. No, no, this is where God's standing up and going, come on, you're getting my kingdom. You're understanding the kingdom. So I look at this and I go, from servants to subjects, Luke 15, it's going to help us. we got to repent of acting like subjects and servants instead of sons, joint heirs, sons of the king, sons like the firstborn rights. Actually, Jesus gives us this in Luke 15 after he tells us these parables. Then when he came to himself, prodigal son, what did he do? Went out, blowing doobies, nightclubs, got his new bachelor bungalow, spent all he had, partied it up, got prostitutes, women, and God would be mad at him in every religious church today. Don't even let him come into here. You aren't worthy to come in here, you loser. You spent your dad's inheritance. You rotten thing. You're good for nothing. But guess what happened? And this is what has to happen in every believer, in every unbeliever, in every backslider, and every person. He thought in the pig pen. When he came to himself, he started having a little bit of imagination of his father's house. And what did he say? 
He said to himself, in my father's house, the servants have it so well. In my father's house, the servants do really well. They eat, they sleep, they have good stuff. I know what I'll do. I'll go to my father and I'll tell him, Father, make me like a servant. That's a religious mindset, by the way. Make me like one of your hired hands. And you know the story. The son comes home. The father sees him a long way off. He starts running to his son, and he's restating it to himself. I'm not, depend- I'm not putting a demand on you, father, for anything like I used to have. I don't want sonship. I just want servanthood. But the heart of the fathers move with compassion. And we see the heart of God coming to that loser, coming to that alcoholic, coming to that broken person, coming to that strung out guy. And the father is running to snatch him up in his arms and put him and hug him and tell him, I love you. And he said, Dad, just make, he's trying to get out of his mouth, make me a servant. He said, no, you're a son. And you know how he, he, he stopped that voice? He said, go get the best robe. You're a son, you're restored. Your robe of righteousness. I'm going to put you in right standing with the Father. But we're going to talk about this in two weeks. Go get the signet ring with my seal of authority. Give my son his dominion back. Give him his authority back. Give him his power back. Give him his glory back. He can stamp stuff in wax for the Father. He has authority from the Father. Give him his ring back. Give him his shoes back. Give him his robe. In fact, let's celebrate. Go kill the filet mignon. And let's begin to celebrate. Good thing, huh? Everyone say sonship. Sonship. Not sonships. Some of y'all are hungry. Sonships. Someone say celebrate. Let me move to the next point here real quick. But listen. Celebrate. I always thought at my Baptist school when I was a little kid, man, how bad am I? How bad am I? How did I sin? I was always thinking about my sin, sin consciousness. They rubbed it into you. If it's the Lord's will, if it's the Lord's will, you might be forgiven. If not, you, some are predestined to go to hell, some to heaven. I went home thinking, I wonder if I'm one of those. It's going to burn hot. It's just a stupid doctrine. And I'm thinking people think like that. God predestined, God predestined. No, God gave you dominion. God gave you authority and said, take your dominion in the earth. How many believe it? Rule and reign as kings is full. It's the kingdom mandate message. But guess what happened? I I just, I was meditating on this last night and it hit me. They started celebrating. They started having a party, dancing, music, barbecue. The elder son. Barbecue. Something's on fire. Nobody got time for that. Somebody's thinking, there's a party going on. There's a celebration going on. They're cooking steak down there. And the elder brother, the elder brother, hallelujah. The elder brother, the religious one, the one that did everything right in his own ability. The religious one was so mad. You know, religious people get mad when you see the grace of God. Religious people can't stand grace. They hate grace because they pulled themselves up by all their bootstraps. He said, Father, I've always been with you. I've never left. I've never spent your money. I've never. He's pointing out his sin. Righteous women, pot, parties, left. He's he's just meditating on that. And he's holding himself up in self-righteousness and what I did. Look what I did. I did. 
And the Father says, you're, you're always with me. But is it not right that the son that was dead, he's now alive again? Should we not celebrate that he came home? Should we not rejoice? You know why? Kingdom is the Father loves for you to fall upon his mercy and fall upon his grace. And when you experience that, guess what? It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's not you're a bad dude. It's not you're this, you're that, you're the other. It's the goodness of God that, that forces people by the Holy Spirit to go, the Father's good. The Father's good. His son's good. He has a plan to get me back to my original position. He wants me to dominate, to rule and reign. He doesn't want me to be a subject. He doesn't want me to be a servant. He wants me to be a son, a joint heir. Someone say a joint heir. Romans 7, 8, 17. Since we are true children, we qualify to share in his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, how many are joined to Christ? Wait, wait, that was kind of weak. How many are really joined to Christ? For if many are joined to Christ, we are also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept the sufferings as our own. A glorious destiny, it says. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of the glory that is about to be unveiled, someone say, within us kingdom power glory something's working in you that's about to be unveiled within us the entire universe is standing on a tiptoes yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters someone say sonship sons and daughters we are not grandchildren we are not stepchildren we are the sons of the most high God come on give a shout if you believe that you're a son of God. You're not a grandchild. You don't have to go to a pope, a priest, a pastor. You go straight to God. Because of Jesus Christ, you boldly come to that throne room and obtain mercy and find help exactly when you need it. Come on, isn't God good? Man, when you understand the kingdom principles, sonship. Listen, one more, Galatians 3.26. You have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Faith immersed you into Christ, and you are now covered and clothed with his life. We no longer see each other as our former state, Jew nor non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one through the union with Jesus Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's child, a true heir of all the blessings because of the promise God made to Abraham. Can I tell you the other thing I forgot to tell you? many times in the Bible you know this and if you're in an Italian family you know it too they give all the air all the all the funds and real estate mostly go to the firstborn son or the sons but not so much the daughters and and they get that from the lineage in Judaism because it's the firstborn that's the heir that's the heir that's why man Jacob and Esau was a messed up deal there's several times in the Bible Ephraim and Manasseh where they laid their hand on the wrong person to get the increase in inheritance. But it's interesting the Bible calls Jesus the firstborn amongst many brethren. I said, why'd you say that? The Lord said it was the firstborn that was acting religious up in the field. So I had to move on the younger brother because of his heart to repent. Isn't repentance powerful? 
What's God going to do today? You repent. It's powerful. I'm not changing my mind. I still hate him. I don't like her. I hate my boss. Can't stand my mother-in-law. Don't like him. Mad at whatever politician you're mad at. And God's saying, hey, man, you judged. You have unforgiveness. I can't move in your life. But then we repent, change our minds. It cleans out our heart. You start getting revelation. Revelation on the kingdom. Revelation on the king. It's all about Jesus. The king's domain is in us. The power, the glory, the dominion, the kingdom. Let me close this with this last one. So it's interesting to me. When you get saved, the Bible says if any man's in Christ, he's a brand new creature, right? 2 Corinthians 5. If any man's in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Brand new creation altogether. Old things are passed away. Everything's brand new. What's that mean? Did you get a new car? Nope. New house? Uh-uh. Swimming pool? Nope. New gold chains? Nope. You got new DNA. You got your DNA of your spirit looks just like Jesus. You share inwardly his likeness. You are as righteous as Jesus. He was the firstborn amongst many brethren. So as the word of God is correct in the kingdom, you look just like Jesus. You don't believe that all the time, but you look just like Jesus. You have the inheritance of Jesus. You'll do works that Jesus did and greater. You have the authority of Jesus. He said, I've given you the name. Devils will be under your feet. That's why some people, I just need to get free. No, you got strongholds in your mind and you won't let them go. You won't get full of the word and full of the spirit so you live the same way year after year. We can't counsel the flesh and we can't cast out, excuse me, we can't cast out the flesh and we can't counsel demons. Doesn't work that way. You gotta put the flesh under, you gotta renew your mind, and you gotta be born again in your spirit. Then you get victory. Then you can see the kingdom. But as we look at this, I go, what happened here? It's Acts 2 account, ready? And it starts with this word that we're using today. Repent! Jesus came preaching. John the Baptist, repent! The kingdom's at hand. Repent! The kingdom's at hand. Repent! God's kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. Repent. Change the way you think. Stop religion. Get in a relationship. Change the way you think. Stop thinking as a servant. The Lord said many Christians think they're servants and subjects instead of sons. We should teach for 10 years on sonship. Because you know what? I, I, I've foster parented a bunch of kids in a, in, a, in a boy's home. And man, they got stinking thinking. They think everyone hates them. They're victims. The world's against them. Their family left them. I don't have a dad. I don't. Well, man, God will be a father to the fatherless. You've got to get in sonship if you're going to think right. You've got to renew your mind. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son of the most high God. A son of the most high God. I'm a son. I'm a son. I have a savior. I'm a son. Jesus was the firstborn, and he brought me into his inheritance, and he called me a joint heir with everything Jesus has. Everyone say, change your thinking. Say, repent. We've got to change the way we've been thinking. But in this last one, in Acts 2, Acts 2, verse 38. Peter replied, you know what this is. This is after there's a great move of the Holy Ghost. Write this in your notes. I want you to see this. Read it this week. And write down 1 Peter 2, 9, because that's an important scripture. But as you look at this, you go, Peter 
reply. After he preached the first sermon, the guy that went away from Jesus denied him three times. Jesus restored him three times. Do you love me, Peter? Yeah. You know I love you. Do you love me, Peter? Yeah, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Then feed my lambs. You know I love you, Lord. I think he was trying to get him back restored. And then he said, Peter, I know you have some issues, but you're going to preach the first sermon. That's what this is. He preached the first sermon and talked about how Jesus was died, buried, risen again. And then he goes, well, what should we do with all this? Talked about the art pouring of the Holy Spirit. And listen to what he says. First thing he says is, repent of your religious thinking. Sadducees, Pharisees, Greeks, Romans, Jews, Gentiles. Repent, every one of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one. And sins will be removed. And then take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families. How many would agree with that as we close today? How many would agree with that? How many have the Holy Spirit? Hold your hand up high. Don't be ashamed. I'm not talking about I got filled in 73 and haven't prayed since. Or I felt joy in the 80s, but I don't now. I'm depressed. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's all in the Holy Ghost. And so if you don't have the Holy Ghost in you, I feel sorry for you. You can't win. Get the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Because he said, it's for you and your children. How many want to get your children set free? It's for you and your children. I'm putting a demand on my kids to go to another level this year. Where are you, Judah? You're going to, Gloria, you're going to another level. My children are going to another level. My children are taught of the Lord. Great is their peace. My children understand the kingdom. My children are discussing with me the kingdom. How many know that's the way it should be? If you're going to leave a legacy and you're going to have joint heirs, you're going to have some people that win together, right? But listen to what he says. Everyone, the Holy Spirit is for you, your families, for yet to those to be born and everyone who the Lord should call. You say, what happened here? Ready? Transformation. When we got saved, my mom got saved, us kids got saved, and then my father got saved. But there was something interesting that happened in the 70s. I think somehow we worked it out in the 80s and the 90s. We thought you had to get saved and filled with the Spirit in the same day. So many of us did. But today it's like you get saved. A couple years later, maybe get the Spirit, maybe not. Get some bad teaching. It's not for today. So I go, that's not good. So after they get saved, after they get with, filled with the Spirit, after they pray in the Holy Ghost, verse 42 says, all, let's read this together as we close. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In other words, they set themselves under. That's a whole nother kingdom mindset. They put themselves submitted to that authority. Some people just won't submit to the authority for anything. They want to be loners. They don't show up. Can't help, can't serve, can't come, can't drive the elf too far, won't go through a tunnel. Think about that. It's kind of sad. How are you going to go to the mission field if you can't go to the airport? You got to, some of y'all need two tunnel faith just to go somewhere. I got to have faith just to get to the North Campus during the Steeler game here in a minute. 
That's for another day. Ready? They're devoted to the apostles. They came under the teaching and the fellowship. Someone say fellowship. By the way, life groups are getting ready to kick off. You need fellowship. If you don't get fellowship, you become a weirdo. You become isolated and the devil will eat your lunch. You need the people sitting next to you. Someone shout amen. amen. Listen to what he says. The apostles teaching fellowship, sharing meals. Some of us need to eat a little more. Can I have an amen? But the fast is coming quickly. So cut back to one meal, Dean. Drink, drink, drink a lot of water. Including the Lord's Supper, they took communion. In prayer and a deep sense of awe came over all of them. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They shared everything they had. Someone say they shared. How many know when you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you're greedy? You won't tell anyone, but you, you kind of are. They sold their property, possessions shared as everyone had need. They worshiped together in the temple. Each day they met in their homes. They shared meals. Look at this. These two words that God gave us a word for this new year. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Someone say great joy. Great joy. I'm convinced that Grace Life, we're called to have great joy and great generosity. Amen? But I go, Lord, why is this happening? How come you can walk in and see that, that Vinny's now saved? Got a haircut, I guess. Trimmed his beard a little, got married, right? Maybe have some children. But, but Vinny got saved, and I think his whole family's now saved. Is that correct? And I watched you walk around here and pray for every one of them. Now your friends are getting saved. All the people around you are getting saved, right? And you're generous. Vin, Vinny used to be stingy. You used to have a stingy, didn't you? I heard your grandfather, he came to me at the wedding. He said, come here, Pastor, we got to have a personal talk. I said, what did I do? He said, he said something like, What's Vinny going to do about a 401k if he goes into ministry? And how's he going to make money? I was like, well, that's an interesting question. But he said, you know, in the Italian home, you go at a family reunion, like, how much do you make? More than you. How much do you make? This much, this much. That, you know, it's like a trump card. And so I started thinking, my dad got saved. My mom got saved. We never heard 64 lessons on tithing. They just started giving because something changed in their heart. And the Lord said, we're preaching great revelation this year. I can, I can preach healing 26 years. I can preach tithing, giving. But you, you, I say nothing, you still don't do it. Until you get a revelation. Until you get a revelation of healing. Until you get a revelation of being generous. Until you get a revelation of, I'm not going to be depressed another day. I'm going to make a decision to have great joy. Joy, 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 joy and generosity are contagious. And if the church would get that, the world would see who Jesus is. God so loved that he... 80% of the church doesn't walk in this. Because maybe they don't have a revelation. Or if they do, they won't obey what the Holy Spirit's saying to do and the Word's saying to do. So I said to the Lord, I said... We want to start a new year of great. It's going to be kingdom year, victory year, breakthrough year. But yet you won't do the will of God. So your year will be limited. And I'm like, something bad happened a couple weeks ago. We were in our house. It's Christmas Eve day. A tree fell down the road on Saunders Station. Knocked all the power out. It was all cool for a couple hours. And then it was really cool. 
it got in my bedroom. I said, we're faith people, man. The lights will come on. We'll go to sleep, put blankets on. I woke up at 6 a.m. going, look like Puff Daddy in the room. And there was no cigarettes. It was just my breath. And I looked around and I told my wife, man, it's, if this doesn't come back on, what are we going to do? I called the electric company. I said, when's it coming? It's not coming back on until then. I'm getting ready to come to the Elf. And I'm like, we're going to find a way to win. I'll go to the office. I'll go here. I'll go there. And just as I'm getting ready to pack up the car and leave, all the electric comes back on. And, you know, and then I asked people, I said, you know what's really nice that I, as the leader of my home, want to do? <laughs> I got Duquesne Light on auto pay because we're not missing. Hey, how come the lights don't work? The power's off in our life, and we can't get nothing done. And the Lord said to me, how come people miss the tithe every other week, and the power's off in their life, and they can't get nothing done because they don't honor the God Lord with their first fruits? And it's not about money. It's about you saying, Father, I trust you above everything. Your kingdom's first above everything. God, I'm going to honor you with the first fruits, and the increase of all my life is yours because my life is yours. And maybe if your money's not his, maybe your life's not his. Just do a check real quick. The Lord said in 2023, we're having extreme victory. To me, it's righteousness. That's the kingdom. It's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. There's no joy if you're not walking in the abundance of God and obeying his word. Why? Because this is what happens. The world of the generous, Proverbs 11:24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Do you know it's God's delight to give us the kingdom? And do you know what kingdom is all about? Righteousness, peace, and joy. And when you're in the generosity of God, they'll see your good works and they'll glorify your Father, which is in heaven. You say, how can you do this 26 years and do it another 15 years and retire and bring up young pastors under you and plant churches all over the world and jump in a jet? Where are you going to get a jet? A jet's in the kingdom. Gas is in the kingdom. Everything I need for my life and godliness is in the kingdom, and the kingdom is me. It means nothing to God. You're all right with you, Hefner, having a Playboy jet, but you don't want your pastor to have one. Why? Because you're not a kingdom thinker. And you steal from God. And you become like that elder son in the field. Just being miserable about what goes on at church. Because you're judgmental. And God says, how about you tap in to the kingdom? And how about you learn kingdom principles that aren't religion, they're relationship. They're not servants, they're sonship. They're not consumers, they're contributors. God wants to turn your 2023 into the greatest year of your life. But one of the greatest things we got to do is repent of not doing what he asks us. You know, my heart for you today is I want you to see the kingdom. 
I want you to see what we've been doing. And I can say boldly, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Ask some of the people around me, but I can tell you, it's working. The marriage stuff, it's working. Raising champions, it's working. Increasing every year abundantly, it's working. Walking in healing and health, it's working. Having joy of the Lord is your strength every day, it's working. How many want it to work in your life? Father, I thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost, and I submit all this to you because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Our lives are focused around the kingdom and the King, Jesus Christ. John said in 3 verse 5, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Man, if you're not born again, if you're not born into this marvelous light, if you're not, you're just, you're just doing life on your own. But today, the Bible says, Nicodemus, he told him, you must be born again. Can I enter back into my mama's womb and be born again? No, verily I say unto thee, except you be born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Me and General Bob and the prayer team are praying for great revelation that you see the kingdom, that you see what you're called to do, that you obey what God's asking you to do. You don't be religious, you be righteous. You don't be a servant, you become a son. And you see, today if you're watching online, God loves you, has a plan for you. If you're a prodigal, he's telling you, come home, get back in the kingdom. Come back to dad's house. You're deeply loved and highly favored. We want you to come home. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's your day. The Bible says now is the time of salvation. Today is your day of deliverance from yourself and from the evil one. So with every head bowed, and you online, wherever you're at on your smart device, God loves you and he's got your number and his kingdom's coming to you today. If you're in this house right now, I'm going to pray in a couple seconds. Right there where you're sitting with heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Pastor, I want to have a born-again experience. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be in the kingdom. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter. I want to be made righteous. Pray for me, Pastor. That's you. Just pop your hand up real quick. Say, pray for me in this house right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else. Thank you. Just pop your hand up real quick. Real quick if that's you. Thank you right there. I need to know him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Somebody else, just pop your hand up. Don't wait. God's looking on right now. You say, I want to make him my Lord and Savior. Just lift real quick. There's somebody here you're wrestling right now, but just, just tell God, just tell God with an uplifted hand, I want to receive all God has for me. I want to receive Jesus Christ. Thank you. As my Lord and Savior. One more second. He's waiting. He's waiting. Just pop your hand up. Say, that's me, Pastor. I'm the one wrestling. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. I need to receive Christ today. We don't know what our tomorrow holds. We want to have an eternity with him forever and ever. Thank you. Let's all pray this together out loud. Everyone in this place, and you online, pray with us, and you that raised your hands or should have, let's pray. Father God, I believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for me, who lived for me, who lived a perfect life and became my perfect sacrifice. <laughs> Shed his blood for all my sin and rose again on the third day. Today, 
I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because I repent. I change my mind from doing it my way. I'm going to do it his way. This day forward, I am a child of God. I'm in the kingdom. Come on, give a shout if you believe that today.